Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. I hope you guys have had a great first full day uh, here at RVR. And I'm excited to uh, continue on with you guys as we continue through this concept of the kingdom tapestry and what that all looks like. But let's kind of, all right, we had a couple you know, dimly lit, video, dimly lit videos, um, and we're going to talk about those a little bit, but a little tired, got to wake up a little bit. All right, let's see if we improved our word wave from yesterday. All right, so rather, rather than going side to side this time, we're going to go front to back. We're going to front to back. All right, so Brennan, riding on you. It's riding on you. Well, everybody in the front, really. Okay, all right, you guys ready? Check it out a little bit. Okay, ready? One, two, three. Word. Oh, that was good. That was good. You guys did good. Okay, now we, we got to run it back, though. Back to front. Back to front. Muddy, root. Yeah. Ready? What? Okay. Yes, you are. Muddy, root. One, two. No, all right. Okay. No, your directors are amazing. I love them. All right. One, two, three. Word. Yes. I love it. Well done. Well done. Okay. All right, guys. I have, to, I have to apologize. Tonight might seem a little rushed. I want to keep you on schedule. Okay. And, and I wasn't planning on talking about this, but um, Maui does a great job leading you guys in worship. Um, but I love that song, Gratitude, and he flowed right into how he loves. But um, it was actually, it was a lead singer of a band called uh, 10th Avenue North who kind of pointed this out to me one day and it really impacted me and it kind of changed my view on worship and I love this. But sometimes when you're in church or at Christian camp or something like that, you might see people worshiping in different ways. And they might be holding their arms out like this, they might be holding their hands up like this. And this really sunk in for me about two years ago. About two years ago, it was probably the first time it happened. It was one of the, like, those hallmark moments like, man, I wish I had a camera. And I came home from work, and the way that my wife and I's home is set up is we have our garage door, or our garage and garage door that goes into the kitchen, and off the kitchen is like our living room, kind of family room area, and my son's always hanging out there with my wife. So I come in through the garage door, and he usually like pokes his head over the back of the couch around the side of the living room, and he sees me, and then he realizes who it is. And about two years ago was the first time he did this, and my heart just melted. I, I came in the way I usually did. And I said, hey, guys. And I see my son's little head poke up above back the couch. And then he just goes, daddy. And he runs at me with his arms up like this. And I just, I melted. But it was the lead singer of this band, 10th Avenue North. And, and I was at this concert. And he had all of us put our hands up as if we were praising. And he said, you know what this looks like? It looks like a little kid reaching for their father to be held. And I love that song, Gratitude, that all I have is a Hallelujah. And if you guys don't know this, hallelujah means praising Yahweh, a, a, a praise for Yahweh. That's all that we have to offer him. So even though we spend a little bit more time in worship, guys, I challenge you to take it a little bit further. Open yourselves up to what the Lord wants to communicate to you through our time in music. But let's jump in here. All right. Yesterday, we, we started off, our key passage was Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. All right. And I love, 
I love that passage. Guys, if you want to go ahead and throw that verse up, that first line. Um, But that word, I love that phrase. Remember, for his workmanship means skill. God got hands on with you, right? That star breathing God, he breathed life into you, you became a living soul. So that kind of that key takeaway for yesterday, even though it was kind of heavy, is that in understanding the design, we will only see the incredible work God wants to do with us and through us if we can start by seeing why he wants each and every one of us a part of the picture. Why he wants each and every one of us a part of the picture. You belong in that family of God. You belong in that picture, that kingdom tapestry. But now we're kind of taking it a a different route. And I want to dig in a little bit more into this concept and wondering, I don't know about you, but not only do have I struggled with that question of do I belong in the picture, but when I look at my own life, I think, okay, if God wants me a part of the design, there's got to be some things in my life that just don't fit. It just, it doesn't fit. Because guys, the reality is, is we experience things in our lives that seem like they shouldn't be a part of the story. Each and every one of us, we experience things that it seems like we shouldn't be a part of the story. And what happens is when we experience all these different things, it causes us to even back up to that question again, is that these experiences, if, if this doesn't fit into my life, then why does my life fit into God's story? And it really prevents us from moving forward. It really prevents us from moving forward. Now, guys, I don't know what your experiences have been. That you step back and go, how can an all-powerful, loving creator God allow something like that in my life to happen? So when you're at a place like this and you talk about a heavenly father, even that word father... It stings. It might sting for you. You might not have an image of a loving father. And if that's your story, my heart goes out to you. But I don't know what you've walked in and what you've experienced. Maybe you're like me. Maybe you've walked through some lust and pornography. Maybe you've walked through some depression and thoughts of suicide. Maybe you're currently walking through some self-harm. Maybe some of you have been assaulted in some way. Maybe some of you are struggling with family members dealing with drugs and addiction. There might be a couple of you dealing with drugs and addiction. I need you to hear me. Regardless of what your experiences have been, the things that you have walked through, you are never too far from God's reach. You are never too far from His love. You are never out of his design, out of the purpose that he has for us simply because of those experiences. But how is that going to work? Here's what I want to accomplish tonight. I want us to try and gain a different view, a new perspective. We got to zoom out a little bit. All right, so I got a quick challenge for you guys. All right, can anybody tell me what this is? Anybody got a guess? That's a good guess, Brennan. No, it's not a hair follicle. Moldy, that's not a bad guess either. What? A cigar? That's not, it kind of looks like a really small cigar. A what? A barrel of a gun? Okay. What, a, a hair? I already got hair. 
Tobacco, no. What? Go ahead, throw up that next picture. Apple stem. She got it. She got it. All right. This next one, this next one's a little easier. Just shout it out if you got it. Go ahead. A pencil. That one, that was a gimme. That one was a gimme. Did someone say cheese? What kind of cheese you eating, man? All right. All right, here we go. Here's another one. Here's another one. Wait, 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 wait. Shh. Star Wars? No. Yes, okay. All right, back to you animals. It is the new Lightyear poster. All right. One more, one more. All right. The fact, the fact, yes, it is the Top Gun poster. But uh, guys, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little, shh. I'm a little concerned that you can pick out of a lineup Tom Cruise's ear. That may, I'm a little uneasy about that. That's, I'm just, it's, it's kind of odd. I'm just saying. Okay. But, but sometimes you've got to zoom out a little bit. You've got to gain a new perspective. And here's what we need to understand. You and I, we are finite beings trying to understand an infinite creator God and his plan. And sometimes we could use some help with that. As these finite, we are limited, created beings, and we're trying to process and wrap our minds around an infinite creator God. That's a difficult thing to do. And sometimes we need some help with that. So here's what we're going to do. Now, guys, I gave you a little tip on studying the word. Get into the Hebrew, get, in, get into the Greek yesterday. All right? There are two ways to read the Bible. Another little... I, I, should, I, should do, uh, I should give these facts to Zach and let Zach give you these. But another little tidbit here. There are two different ways you can study the Bible. You can jet ski, you, you can scuba dive. How many of you guys have been jet skiing before? It's fun, right? Like, I love jet skiing. It's a lot of fun. How many of you have been scuba diving? Wow, a lot of you. Okay, all right. So when you go jet skiing, it's a lot of fun. You see a lot of things. You're moving really quick, right? When you go scuba diving, you're not going very far, but you're going in deeper. You can study the Bible the same way. You can either scuba dive. You can pick out a handful of verses and dig into them. Rip apart each word, each sentence. What does this mean? Why is the author saying it this way? Or you can jet ski. You can read like chapter on chapter on chapter. You can just read a bunch of stuff at one time. So when you study the Bible, you can jet ski, you can scuba dive. You can do it two different ways. Here's what we're going to do. All right, tonight I want to jet ski through the life of Joseph. And I want you guys to see the fact that we need to zoom out and see a bigger picture. All right, I want you to look at this. Joseph's life and his ministry spans Genesis 37 to 50. We can't read 13 chapters of the Bible in the next 10 minutes. It's not happening. So we're going to jet ski for a bit. But I need you guys to help me out. All right? So whenever we get to a but on the screen, you guys are going to kind of like say it with me. So Joseph is the favored son. Good job. His brothers hate him. All right, so if you guys don't know the story of Joseph, Joseph, he's the, he's the youngest, he's the youngest of, of 11 at the time, and he gets this nice robe, all his brothers are out working the field, and he gets to stay inside, and he gets to learn how to read and write and kind of become like this scholar, and his brothers despise him for it. All right, let's look at the next, the next aspect of, of Joseph's journey. Joseph has a dream of ruling one day. His brothers sell him into slavery. Because he's this favored son, 
he goes to sleep one night. He has this vision, this dream, and they're, they're kind of weird, but the Lord helps him understand it. And he comes to his brother and say, hey, guys, guess what? I mean, how many of you guys got a younger sibling? Okay, imagine, imagine if your little brother or little sister came up to you, and uh, who's got a younger sibling? Who's got a younger sibling? Birdman, what's your, what's your, you got a younger brother, younger sister? Younger sister, what's her name? McKenna, okay. So Birdman, imagine you get up one day and McKenna goes, hey, Birdman, guess what? Your sister, I hope, doesn't call you Birdman, but you're Birdman, guess what, guess what? One day, I'm going to be your boss. <laughs> like, that'd be really irritating. I'm not going to lie. And you might love your brother or sister, but that'd be kind of annoying, right? Kind of prideful. So Joseph, he kind of slips up a little bit. He runs off to his brothers. Hey, guys, I'm going to rule over you one day. It's going to be awesome. And they're like, uh, we should kill him. And his, one of his brothers go, whoa, 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 that's too far. So they throw him into this pit. And then they sell him into slavery. All right, let's look at the next part of Joseph's life here. So even though he's sold into slavery, he gets promoted to a position of power. One woman's lie gets him in prison. So he gets promoted to the head of this guy Potiphar's household. So he's running the show. And he was kind of a big shot in Egypt. But then Potiphar's wife looks at Joseph and goes, mm, he's fine. And she tries, and she tries to sleep with him. And he runs to the point where he ditches his shirt and says, uh-uh, I want nothing to do with you. You too thirsty. I'm going this way. Okay? So, So he takes off. But Potiphar, he believes his wife over Joseph. So he gets thrown into prison. Let's look at the next part of Joseph's life. Joseph helps his fellow prisoners. He forgets him once he's free. Joseph, while in prison, he has two more dreams, visions about his fellow prisoners. He says, hey, one of you are going to die. One of you are going to be forgiven. You're going to get your job back. To the guy that gets his job back, he says, hey, don't worry. I'm going to tell Pharaoh about you. I'm going to get you out of here. The guy gets freed, and he forgets about Joseph down in his prison cell. All right, let's see this next part of just Joseph is freed from prison. Now famine's coming. He gets released. He finally is able to be of some use, but famine is coming. And kind of this last piece of the puzzle, so to speak, is Joseph has a dream about how to save everyone, including the family that betrayed him. Now, guys, here's what I want us to see. If you look at any one piece of Joseph's life, you think, man, this guy can't get ahead. He takes one step forward, two step back, right? And I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I have seasons in my life where I feel that way. Like, man, nothing is is going my way. Like, I studied for this test. I thought I was going to ace it. I failed it. Oh man, I thought I was like, I thought I crushed this tryout. I didn't even get picked for the team. Oh man, I, I, I killed this audition and I didn't even get like the understudy role. Like whatever it might be, you think that things are going your way and they just won't. If you look at any one piece of Joseph's life, if you look at any one piece of Joseph's life, you think, man, this is not, how, this doesn't make sense. How's this going to work? How's this guy supposed to love and serve God when nothing is going his way? but we got to zoom out. We got to zoom out. Sometimes we can't see what God wants to do with us just yet because we aren't seeing the big picture. We're not seeing the big picture. Romans 8.28, 
It says this, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. For those who love God, all things work together for good. So I just mentioned before, I struggle with lust. I struggle with pornography. I struggle with depression. I struggle with thoughts of suicide. Guys, there's not a single one of those things that God has not used in my life now that I've done away with them. He's healed me from those things. Each and every one of those experiences, seasons in my life has helped me better teach the word, helped me better connect with people. It's been used immensely. And I want to tell you guys a, a quick story. When I was about, about 12, you know, it was middle school years, really tough. Some of you guys are like, rich. Um, but I'm not going to lie to you, life was hell. I don't say that as... In my mind, it was. I know I'm super cool now. That's a joke, by the way. I wasn't then. Um, I had no friends at school. I went to public school, so I was picked on at school, came home, beaten up by my older brother. And then I come to find out my older brother, he's getting into drugs. He gets into heroin. Spends six months in prison. At one point, I tried to share the gospel with him, and he was actually high at the time. 16 years. I've been abused by my brother, tormented by my brother, watched him deal with drug addiction. I'm thinking, what's the point of this? What's the point of our relationship? And about two weeks ago, we go to this, this concert together. He, he reaches out to me. He's, he's been sober for about nine months. Praise God for that. So excited about that. And he reaches out to me and he says, hey, Brandon, can you send me some worship music? I'm like, I'm writing forgiveness letters. It's a part of a 12-step process of overcoming uh, drugs and, and alcohol. And he says, I need some worship music to help me write. So I send him some music uh, by a group called Maverick City. He falls in love with them, so we go to this concert together. Guys, if you would have asked me 16 years ago, when my brother is in the thick of his addiction, and he has beaten me to death, if I ever would have thought I'd be standing next to him and we're praising and worshiping together, and we're sitting in the car driving for two hours talking about life and talking about kids and, and career and hopes and goals and relationships. I would have called you a liar every day of the week and twice on Sunday. But I couldn't see the big picture. Not until it was done being drawn. Not until it was done being made. And guys, some of you are in the thick of it. You're in the thick of the abuse. You're in the thick of the anxiety and the, the, the depression, the lust, the eating disorders, the gossip, the lying. You're in the, you, some of you might be in the thick of it. And I beg you, in this moment, you've got to wait. Wait till God finishes the story, till he finishes the picture. And you're going to see what he wants to do. And it is going to be so, so worth it. Because Joseph's life seemed pretty miserable. But he saves everyone, including his entire family. If you ever get a chance to read this story, the same brothers that said, let's kill him. At first, when they're reunited, they don't recognize him. But then Joseph reveals himself. He says, hey, it's me. I know I look different. And these brothers, they fall on their knees. And they hug and they weep 
because their family's been reunited. But this story was years in the making. They all have wives and kids now. This is a generation in the making. And guys, I need you to try. I need you to try and wrap your minds around this fact. God wants your life, not just a week, not just a month, not just a year. So if you've been walking through hell for the last six months, I beg you, zoom out. Wait and see what God wants to do with you. Because in his word, it's a promise. He is going to work it together for good. I can't really hit this. It's going to drop on me. But he's going to work it together for good. But it says what? For those who love God, he works all things together for good. So the difficulty, the pain, the turmoil, the trial you're walking through, you seek him, you love him, you wait on him, and he's going to work it together for good. And this struggle, this difficulty, it brings us together. Joseph's design, Joseph's story, it was bigger than just him. He saved his family. He saved a nation. It was bigger than just him. Ephesians 2, 17 through 22. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. I know that might seem like a confusing passage, you guys, but here's what's going on. Christ Jesus is that foundation. The cornerstone means he is that key pillar holding up the structure. And he's saying, because of Jesus, even though we all have these crazy stories and difficulties, and some of us might be struggling with some of the same things. And just like Rocket was talking about yesterday, we get caught up on the differences, right? Rather than paying attention to the similarities. He was talking about that this morning in Breakout but some of you might be sitting next to somebody and you don't even know it. That Saturday night before you came here on Sunday, you were both cutting. You might be sitting next to somebody that was trying not to look at porn on Friday night when you just came here on Sunday. You might be sitting next to somebody and you both came out of a broken home and this is like a sanctuary for you. You can come up for air. Guys, God is weaving us together through our trials, through our difficulties, but also through our healing. He's drawing us together. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. That's Ephesians 2.22. Man, guys, I want to I keep going, but... They're short on time. I'm going to end with this. I'm going to challenge you guys with this. I encourage you, step back. Try and see what God's trying to do. And this is so cool. I bet you, if you take a moment to think about it, you can start to see kind of this spiritual family tree, all the different people that God is weaving into your life. This is so cool. I love doing this. But you are here. And right now, I've been blessed with the opportunity to speak into you. Go ahead and jump to that next slide, that spiritual family tree. But you are here, and you're being connected to me because of that. I'm here because I was trained and mentored by a guy named Brian Friction. 
Brian Spearson got to his position in life because he was mentored and poured into by this guy named David Adams. David Adams got saved because of his 11th grade English teacher, Mrs. Schlafly. I always mess that one up. But there's this incredible like spiritual family tree. And even though, sadly, Mrs. Schlafly actually passed away this past year. I've never met her. I have no clue who she is. But my story is linked to hers. Regardless of what she's gone through, regardless of what I've gone through, this spiritual lineage, the spiritual family tree, it connects us all together and how God is bringing us all to himself, linking us all together. This final passage I want to read for you guys, Acts 17. The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands, as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each one of us, for in him we live and move and have our being. Another amazing passage, you guys, about how God has created us, placed us, and yet because of that, we're all connected to each other. We're connected through our struggles, we're connected through our trials, and we're connected through this gospel, the good news of Jesus, the healing, the life, the love that Jesus brings into us. So yesterday we talked about the design. Today we needed to focus on the weaving. God uses everything in our lives, the good, the bad, the ugly. God uses everything in our lives to create a wonderful masterpiece. And through our shared experiences, he connects us all together through himself. You have so much more in common with the people here than you think. We just have to be willing to open up and connect with each other through the remainder of the week. Guys, would you join me in a closing prayer? Father, I praise you. I thank you so much for the fact that you've blessed us with the opportunity to hear from you, to hear your word. That just like that, that video, the lamps, at some point or another, we're all struggling in darkness, but we become interconnected. We end up following each other down the same paths and same journeys, and it starts with one person leading the way with one light. God, we thank you that Jesus is that light, the light of man, come into the world to seek and to save us, the lost. Father, we praise you, we thank you. Even though it hurts, it's painful, we struggle. You want to use our hurt, you want to use our pain, our trials, our difficulties. You want to use them for your glory, for your good. Help us to see that, help us to zoom out. We ought to see the bigger picture, the plan that you have for us. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. All God's people say. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Life After Camp episode. Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.